live to tape? Welcome to Millennial Episode 43. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Well, it is December. The holidays are here. I'm really in the holiday spirit this year. Really? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I really am. I'm just, I'm excited to go home for the holidays for two weeks. I'm I'm excited to set up the the Christmas decorations the other day. You sent a hateful tweet about the Starbucks cups. Yeah, I'm in the mood. I'm in the zone. Have any of you decorated yet? No, because no. I'm moving in two weeks, so I'm not decorating shit. So to to get Laura and I guess these these other uh, Scrooges in the mood. <laughs> Scrooges is the it's like two days after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we got 24 days to go. You got to move fast. The clock is ticking. Um, so we we're going to do a Secret Santa on the show. Yes, yes, oh, we are. How is this going to work? So. We have already decided who is going to buy gifts for who. We've done a little Secret Santa virtual uh, name drawing. And what we're going to do is use Amazon to buy gifts for each other and have them mailed anonymously. We're going to do a reveal on episode 46, which will be released on December 23rd. And we're going to try and guess who our Secret Santas are. So you guys can kind of join us for that and play along at home. I already know what I'm getting for my Secret Santa. Do you guys? I do as well. In fact, I've already purchased it. Mm Ooh, fancy. Mm. Yeah. I haven't delivered it yet, though. Right. I bought an enormous, vibrant yellow dildo before I even knew (laughs) which one of you I got. Because I knew it would be fitting regardless. Ooh, I hope it's me. I hope it's me. (laughs) Andrew's like, I've been hoping for that for years. Um. Yeah, so are we setting a price limit on these or Oh, yeah, maybe like something low. I'm poor. So I I would say like $15. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 15? Yeah, 10-15? Yeah. Okay. I already have my thing selected and I I actually I already have it. It's not going to be delivered via Amazon, so how are you going to deliver it anonymously? Then? I'm just not going to put a return address on it. Well, what if it gets lost in the mail? Well, then it's Oh my gone. God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> then this year for Christmas, you get disappointment. <laughs> but Andrew, we all know what your handwriting looks like. I'll you... print it out. Oh, okay, Jeez. okay. We all know. I don't think we all know. Yeah, we I know. On. We I all know. know what your handwriting yeah, looks like. Yeah. All right. Kinda... Uh, this is going to be a Laura seen... is a stalker joke. <laughs> no, I've seen six hundred of your signatures within the last few Andrew months. Sims. It's not a joke. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but you only know six of the letters. Okay, fine, fine. What? I'll print it out. You won't know it was from me. <laughs> All right. Did I just? Never mind. All right, let's move on. Let's just so we're gonna start with an AP choice today. We're going to do the show like we did last week, a little bit looser, trying out some new stuff, bringing back some old stuff, etc., etc. So this first thing, though, this is an AP choice. This comes from Laura H. She writes, I'm 22, graduating from undergrad in about a year, and I have no idea what I'm doing after. Did you guys experience this in your early 20s? And if so, how did you deal with it? I fled the country. 
I'm still dealing with it. Yeah, I think something that I've learned over the past year or two, something I've observed, is that it doesn't matter if you're 22, 24, 26, 28, 30. You, you, it's going to take a while to figure out what the hell you're going to do in life. This is a very yes. common thing. I had a big talk about this with my brother. He's 18 and he was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, I'm 26. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So you have plenty of time. Yeah. And I would say 22, you're kind of at the optimal age to not know what you're going to do. You know, between the age, like I would say from your mid to your early to mid 20s, it's really okay to not know. And that's the point in your life where you can literally drop everything and take off and go halfway around the world if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Own it. Just own this moment because you're you're going to look back. You may look back and say, oh, shit, I wish mm -hmm. I did this when I was 22. Yeah. The time where you had to decide what you wanted to do at an earlier age, basically right after high school and during college, it's, it's kind of gone because... There's really, there's really no, there's no basis. There's no process or pr procedure even to, <laughs> to, to go throughout life. Like, like back in the fifties, you know, like there was the American dream where you go to school, you get married, you get a job and you have a kid, you have a white picket fence, you buy a house. Like that whole dream thing is done. And by then you're like 23. <laughs> yeah. By then. Yeah. <laughs> All this happens in five years. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the, the, the most, I, I guess the most acceptable answer for when people ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? Just say, I don't know. Yeah. Let me decide later. I would love to talk about this a, a greater length sometime because me I think too. it's a very interesting mm -hmm. topic. My, my only bit of quick advice might be try when you're thinking about what you want to do career wise. Well, first of all, your career is, is not what you are. It doesn't define yes. everything that you are. So I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put too much, um, too much uh, emphasis on that alone. I think too many people do. But when you are thinking about your career, don't just pick something that you've only been into or interested in for like a year. That's probably a passing phase. Try to pick something that isn't just of interest to you right now, but maybe that resonates with who you are. Not just something that you like, but something that resonates with who you are. So I wanted to be a marine biologist for a few years and I studied like animal sciences and biology and whatever else. But I kept coming back to this idea of like, yeah, but I started reading like, you know, political satire and stuff like that when I was like 12. So maybe I should do that. And now I'm really glad I did because that was something that had been with me since I was a kid and is going to be with me forever. Whereas spoiler alert, I was terrible at biology. So <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. glad I didn't stick with that face. Yeah. Let's definitely talk about that more another time. Thank you, Laura, for that. Uh, she is a $10 supporter over at our Patreon. And speaking of our Patreon, a couple of cool updates for everybody. This is something, first of all, that people have been asking for for a while. We're very pleased to let you all know that Patreon has now launched an app. And uh, this is for iOS. I think they're going to be doing it for Android as well. Mm -hmm. Uh but this app, it's wonderful. You log into your Patreon account and you have access to all of our stuff. You can get notifications when we release new content. You can listen to all the content right there within the app. Then you can close the app and continue to listen. So it kind of works like an iPod. Just really great. And I know some people have been clamoring for this. 
Yeah, like mm-hmm. us in particular. Yeah, I, it's still in beta though, isn't that right? It's still in beta, it but is. you can yeah. you can go to the app store and it's right there. Just search for Patreon, and yeah. I don't know, it works great to me. Yeah, I I think it's a great it's a great start for this app, especially because we've been waiting for it for so long. Yeah. And um, it's just really easy. It's easy to see our planning docs if you're supporting us at the $5 level mm-hmm. or above um, and watch the videos. Like it just all happens in, within the app. And speaking of ease of use, if you don't want to use the app for whatever reason, maybe it's not available on your mobile device. We have a new Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash millennial in any web browser, you're going to see a brand new design. It's so much easier to read. It doesn't look like it's it was designed in the 90s anymore (laughs) (laughs) it's mobile friendly most importantly and it's just again you can just click on like right in the browser you can just click the planning doc and you can mess with the planning doc right there on our home on the patreon homepage. so really really good stuff thank you patreon for um taking your sweet ass time yeah yeah (laughs) you guys (laughs) i would just like to point out that this summer we wrote to them and they wrote us back and they were like, yeah, we think it'll be out by the end of the summer. <laughs> well, and uh, <laughs> here we are. In fairness, it I mean, I follow their social media channels and whatnot. They definitely seem like a cool group of people. and They we, totally do. We appreciate totally what they do. do. So <laughs> thanks. They're going to shut us down after we make these comments. <laughs> you guys have to understand that like our MO is that we all make fun of each other. So if you're associated with us by extension, we're going to make fun of you too. Yeah. So it's not personal. Now's a time, great time to sign up to get access to all of our bonus content, including the After Dark installments that we record every week. Patreon.com slash millennial. Elisa, you saw Mockingjay. I did. Finally. Yes. Um, I really, really loved it until the last 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It really suffered from that, that, awful epilogue syndrome you know i mean that's that's what i thought anyway i i don't know i thought it was a great film um the whole way through i was really on the edge of my seat even though i knew what was going to happen they did Mm -hmm. such a great job with the suspense and there were certain character deaths that i had forgotten about um anyway i thought it was great but then at the end it was like all right spoiler alert so if you've you haven't seen the movie you know skip ahead 30 seconds but at the, at the end, you know, Katniss is holding this this obscenely fat baby, by the way. <laughs> this obscenely obese yeah. child and she and she's cradling that had it to hurt. in her arms and the the kid just kind of stirs a little bit. Just kind of like is like eh, eh. and she like looks down at it and she's like, "Are you having nightmares? I have them too. I can't get them out of my head." Even as I look at you right now, I think of nothing but death and blood. And this, like, monologue, this monologue goes on for like three solid minutes. And it's, Wait, this, it's, it's funny because um, like on the last episode, I, I kind of not not trashed it, but I, I wasn't the biggest fan of my review on it. But I, the, the thing is, is that afterwards, when I was thinking about it more, I, I genuinely did like the movie. It's just the the end is what st- stood out to me so much. Yeah, it was really bad. And the whole time I'm just like 
bro, this kid, like, she just kind of, like, squeaked at you for a hot second, and it's just, like, some fat two-week-old baby. You don't need to, like, give it your life story. No, I don't know. I it was sorry. weird. I feel sorry for, for the child. Like, Ma, like Katniss is going to be talking to that child every five minutes. Every time he sneezes, oh, are you, are you sick? Yeah. Yeah. I was See, sick, you too. You have a bad... Mom, please. Please, God, I, Mom. Please. I watched my friends die, you fucker. It's, it's like in Spongebob when Gary the Snail will go meow once and Spongebob thinks he said like a, a, a complete story. Yeah. Just me? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. It's time now for a, a revised version of the news segment. We are calling this Quickfire News. We are going to spend two minutes on or less on each story. So start with the first one. This cracked me up when I saw it over the weekend. White Americans are the biggest terror threat in the United States, according to a study by the New America Foundation. The Washington-based research organization did a review of terror attacks on U.S. soil since September 11, 2001, and found that most of them were carried out by radical anti-government groups or white supremacists. Almost twice as many people have died in attacks by right-wing groups in America than have died in attacks by Muslim extremists. Of the 26 attacks since 9-11 that the group defined as terror, 19 were carried out by non-Muslims. So this is just another reminder that we shouldn't be all up in arms about these Syrian refugees coming over to our country and, and fighting these wars overseas. We have a lot of problems right here, too. Right. And something that I would like to point out about this is when you read the study, it actually details that um, while white male Americans do make up more than half of these incidents. The next, the runner up on the list are jihadists. However, they are all US born or naturalized jihadists. So the issue that we have going on here is an issue of domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. We are farming to get out, get rid of these jihadists who were born here. Like they're like the word terrorist did exist before 9-11. And it right. associated with more than just jihadists. My question is just how have we managed to radicalize these two groups of people who, if you ask them, they would say they have nothing in common. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Yeah. It, it's it's frustrating. But it's nice to see reports like this because as soon as I was re- I finished reading this, I just thought, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. can everybody just understand this and can we shut up about all these stupid things that we go around in circles about just need to move on all right next story yeah so speaking of crazy people um last week another member of the deranged gun nut club let loose this time on a planned parenthood facility in colorado springs this left three people dead including one police officer he also injured nine others his wife has described him as being obsessed with the world coming to an end. And as usual, we cared about it for about a day, but then we had to get back to worrying about brown terrorists. So good job, America. Yeah, this guy is normal looking, other than his um, weird hair. Mm -hmm. Right, What what really infuriated me about this whole story was Ted Cruz and his comments about the shooter. Oh my God, yes. uh, he said, uh, he said, um, let, me, let me just do the real quick quote. The media promptly wants to blame him on the pro-life movement when at this point there's very little evidence to, to suggest that. It's also reported that he was registered as independent and as a woman and a transgender leftist activist, if that's what he is. But 
He yeah. So he so he's basically claiming that uh, the shooter was a uh, transgendered left left wing activist. When what he's really referring to was that the shooter's voter registration card was labeled as female, but it was the result of a clerical error. So now just because. Uh, his voting registration is uh, labeled as female. Now that automatically makes him transgender, or as he says, transgendered, which is actually the wrong term. So, I, I, Ted Cruz is batshit. He will find anything he can to spin everything he can to suit his agenda. I mean, he's not even to my to me, he's not even a real politician or elected official or anything like that. He's completely self serving. I just really enjoy like the irony of this. He's sitting there saying. Guys, guys, you can't blame all the members of our group, of the pro-life group, for this one crazy person. And then he turns around and he wants to blame all Muslims for ISIS. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Or none. All right, next story. Jeb Bush uh, really lost any and all credibility with me this week. He said he would support Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. In an interview Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation, Bush said that while the idea of frontrunner Donald Trump receiving the nomination is, quote, kind of scary, he would support Trump because, quote, anybody is better than Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. How how married do you have to be to the Republican Party to say things like this? It's as if it's as if. Well, I mean, we know exactly what's happening. If he would say, no, I would not vote for frontrunner Donald Trump, I would vote for Hillary Clinton, the base would attack him. Yeah, yeah, no, he'd be done. I mean, he's already mostly done anyway, but... Yeah, he's cratered. But, yeah, I mean, if he were to mention that, he'd be done completely. (laughs) There was a... Like, he also said about this, about Donald Trump, he said, I just think he's uninformed. He is. Well, that's okay. He said, oh, I just think he's uninformed. That's okay if, you know, you aren't trying to run for president. When you're running for president of the United States, that's pretty, shouldn't that be a silver bullet straight to the heart of your campaign? Yeah. I mean, saying that you're kind of uninformed is kind of like saying, you're pretty much unqualified for this role. Yeah, he says... Oh, go ahead. Trump's been in the spotlight this week uh, for all of his outlandish claims he's made like about 9-11 and muslims watching from new jersey or, or whatever he said or Thousands everything else he said yeah there's basically a list of everything that he said that's just yeah stupid. but that was particularly annoying because he was complaining it was all over the news etc and there's no there's no record of this and trump and trump was he keeps digging himself deeper into a hole when people were like, oh, there's no record of, of this, then he said, oh, the, there weren't records back then. It was just mm-hmm. like stupid shit like that. Trump's always doing something. Well, speaking of Donald Trump, he is always doing something. And this week, actually just today, he announced that he's demanding $5 million from CNN to appear at their next GOP presidential debate, which is scheduled for December 15th. He had already confirmed that he was going to to go to this uh, i don't know if you guys have seen but the cnn commercials have been very dramatic for oh. it i mean oh they've been like they always are little movie trailers they oh. took like original footage close-up yes. hd of their faces yes i mean it's there, intense <laughs> there's a light swinging in front of them this is the commercial you guys i was watching cnn 
and I, I saw this for the first time and I sent you guys a message in the group. I told you guys I got an erection over the commercial. It is seriously, I would vote for any of these people if this commercial played in the voting booth for me. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Oh, it was so it's hot. Good, it's I was so bad. He wants five million dollars. Now he is saying that he would put it all towards charity, specifically the Wounded Warriors Project and veterans. And he made some comment earlier today, like, "Would Obama do that? Does he care enough about our veterans to <laughs> demand to hold a media network hostage for five million dollars?" I don't think he would. No, well, I don't think he would. The other thing is, he's running for president. This isn't a time for networks to be paying you money to be doing this type of thing. If you want to maybe do it for a sit-down interview, charge them for a sit-down interview, okay, do that. But not for a debate. That's that's dumb. No. You, yeah, you're you're running for public office. That's your, It's your job to put yourself out there freely and amicably and accessibly. I mean, that's yeah. how you get votes. Trump says he's so great of a businessman. He has so much money. Why don't you just go donate that $5 million your damn self, you idiot? Yeah. And mm-hmm. go brag about it like Mark Zuckerberg did on Facebook today. <laughs> okay. Well, since we're on the topic of idiots, I'm going to move on to, to my story. <laughs> so, all right. So, do you guys know that old expression, um, if it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, quacks like a duck, then that's probably ISIS? <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, the internet has gone a little more specific on that. Actually, uh, 4chan, you guys know 4chan on the internet. Um, they have begun superimposing rubber ducky heads onto hundreds of promotional images of ISIS fighters and basically turning them into internet memes. So they've been adding like toilet brushes to them and other bathroom paraphernalia and even adding rainbows to the pictures. So my question is, what do you what do you guys think about this? Does this have the potential to be an invaluable option for those of us who are on our computers at home and feel helpless in this fight? I mean, I think it's a really good way of showing them that we're not going to be fucking afraid of them. Yeah. That's that's you know. that's my feeling too, and it makes us, I think, less scared for those people who are scared of mm-hmm. ISIS. You kind of look at it, it's like, ha ha. <laughs> it it just throws back in their face the hatred and the fear that they're trying to spread and telling them to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. It makes them look. It makes them look appropriately ridiculous. I agree. I think this is a great thing. And by the way, mm-hmm. it's sort of it, it originated with 4chan, but now it's all over Reddit. I'm seeing it on like random people's Facebooks. Yeah. Like it's sort of just exploded now, which I love because the more we can replace ISIS fighters with rubber ducks and they're putting it on their flags, too. So there are flags. Yeah. Are these, like really scary, traditionally like black flags with like this Arabic writing. And now it's just like a white outline of a fucking duck. And it's, <laughs> it's so incredible. And the best part, frankly, is that, you know, that they're seeing this shit and just yeah. seething. They're seething. It'd be great if like anonymous would get in cohorts with this and let uh isis own the company only be able to see these pictures online on their accounts my favorite part about this is that the photoshop work is so good like when i first clicked this i was expecting like shitty cut and paste of ducks yeah but the ducks like actually look real (laughs) yeah and lastly one one last quick point on this is um this is sort of becoming a trend, a wider social justice kind of a trend where internet trolling is becoming its own means of protest. So Saudi Arabia last week said that anyone who compares them to ISIS 
was going to be sued. They were going to sue anyone who compared them to ISIS, which in some ways, I'm sorry, it's an appropriate comparison because they just behead people. They actually just sentenced someone to death for just being an atheist. Um, and so it's kind of appropriate comparison. Sorry. Uh, so people are starting to tweet all this shit about ISIS being the same thing as Saudi Arabia, and they're hashtagging it, sue me. And it's again, it's another great example of internet trolling uh, actually playing a pretty cool role, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, that's quick fire news. We did it in uh, about 10 minutes. Yeah. No, I feel like we could have spent a whole 60 minutes. I feel like it was a whirlwind going through those, but it was fun. Yeah. A whirlwind indeed. So we just have all these news stories in our heads now, and we're going to play No Context. This is the game where I play a song and then someone has to connect that song to one of the news stories we've discussed. It could also be, I mean, we're going to open it up, right, to other news of, of the week, if you want. Yeah, sure. What the fuck? Why not? Why, why not? It's the yeah. holidays. We're all laid back. So, Elisa, we're going to start with you. Uh, right. I give you each kind of a theme, sort of, and, uh, well, I'll explain it once I get to Matt's, but, so... <laughs> Elisa, are you aware of the music genre Korean pop? <laughs> yes. It's extremely popular. What are you saying, Andrew? Yes, Nothing. I'm aware. Nothing. I, it's it's extremely popular. It, these these bands, people worship them. Anyway, so I've picked a Korean pop song for you. This is by FX, and it's a song called Deja Vu. It is in English, so. Okay. Here we go. Ooh, ooh, every time I look at you, it's like a deja vu. Let me rephrase that. It's partially in English. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, the beginning. <laughs> um, wait, is that it? I just have to. Keep <laughs> Do you want more? <laughs> no other context. No, no other context. Okay, no well, context. um, despite my background, I really don't understand what they're saying. So <laughs> I'm just gonna base this off the title. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. This, hmm. Oh, this is a this is a tough one. Okay, this is reminding me. We're, I'm going to connect this to to Jeb Bush and Donald Trump because I feel like this is the same shitty circle that we run in every election cycle, where there's like one jackass who steals a spotlight and completely derails the narrative from real appropriate policy discussion. So this election cycle is like deja vu. Preach. That? Perfect. Good. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. The first line was in English. Ooh, every time I look at you, ooh, it's like a deja vu. Yeah, that's how I feel about Donald Trump. So, yeah. All right, Laura, you're next. This is La Gozadera. This is by a popular Hispanic artist. Okay. And here we go. Now. Oh, I'm scared. 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 Oh, I'm scared.
whatever you were saying, I couldn't hear it. What I was... said I can't believe you're playing that song. So wait, wait, Bad I'm sorry. Song. Just to be clear, when you said there was a theme, what you really meant is that you're <laughs> racist. No. What you really meant is that you're racist. You give me the Korean shit because I'm Korean. You give Laura Hispanic shit because I can she's... only guess what mine is. Hispanic. Yeah. What is now, that? Wait. Let me just, let me just <laughs> clarify. Find out. Yeah, what's this? Speaking Spanish does not mean that I'm Hispanic. No, like of course, of course. I was just going for unique genres. For unique today. things. That oh is an aggressive God. song too. Like it actually kind of scared me a little bit. Really? Yeah, it was. It's like getting yeah, ready for. Oh God, I don't know. Well, could you tell us first what the song was saying? So la gozadera, it means like um like a good time. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about like having a big party. Ooh, Ooh fiesta. Yeah. And it's, um, I'm trying to remember the name of that group. I think it's Gente something. I, I don't know the name of the group, but I know Mark Anthony is involved in it too. Um, but anyway, this is going to be really hard. I don't have anything to connect this to. Shit. It could be anything. Think outside the box. I mean, I think this is going to be a stretch. This is going to be a stretch. And I'm sorry if I'm fucking this up for Matt because I might be taking the good story. But when I think about a good time, I think about photoshopping ducky faces onto ISIS fighters. <laughs> it's um wait, I I got it, Elisa it or Laura, it's it's gente de zona. Ah, okay. I knew it was gente something, but I Yeah. Can't. Me too. Okay, well, at least <laughs> So my planning of this segment started when I was just browsing Spotify's new releases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking for some unique stuff. And I came across this album that was released a couple weeks ago it's called pope francis wake up (laughs) and this it's a christian rock that took pope francis's speeches and inserted them into music and this is totally legit i mean as far as music on spotify goes so i found the one song that has some english in it for you matt it's called wake up go go forward Okay, so here it is. Wake up. Wake up. (laughs) This Lord speaks of the responsibility which the Lord gives you. It is the duty to be vigilant, not to allow the pressures, the temptations, and the sins of the ourselves or others to dull our sensibility to the beauty of holiness, to the joy of the gospel. Um, wait, wait, can you play the chorus for us? It's wake up. Wake oh up. And, um, <laughs> who listens to this? I don't. I have to say, I love, I love his Argentinian accent. It's so <laughs> yeah. cute. It's and so all cute. your hair in the background is. Do, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're in some weird psychedelic Stanley Kubrick yeah. film. This isn't right. I don't, I'm going to say, I want to say this, uh, this is in context with. Uh, the Jeb Bush story, because just like Jeb Bush, I just lost all respect and cr- and credibility of music after listening. <laughs> <laughs> you lost all respect for music. This killed music. Uh, it got pretty damn close. This is an anthem. 
I'm I'm submitting it for a no Grammy. Alright. Well that's how we play no context. I hope you all enjoyed the odd. That was a picks. very that was a very unusual round. Yeah. I would uh, like to say I loved it though. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I'm still trying to figure out different themes other than like new releases. I was th- that that was no theme for me. <laughs> I was that connected <laughs> to me at all. That was the coolest <laughs> new release on Spotify in the past month. Okay, so let's move on now to our main discussion. Elisa's going to lead the charge. So I wanted to talk a little bit this week about uh, COP21. The COP stands for Conference of Parties. It's the climate change conference happening right now in Paris. I think we're seeing little bits and pieces of this all over the news, but I don't feel like there's a lot of in-depth discussion, and I don't think it's getting the attention that it really deserves. So... A little bit of background, I'm sure most people have heard about the Kyoto Protocol. The Kyoto Protocol was initiated a couple decades ago originally, and it was meant to be international commitments to reduce greenhouse gases. So it was supposed to effectively save the world from climate change. Every country was meant to commit to a certain level of greenhouse gases, and they were supposed to reduce them. Um, The consensus is that we need to reduce, uh, or rather, we need to minimize uh, the the temperature increase to two degrees Celsius over the next 100 years. So if the global climate increases by more than two degrees Celsius in the next 100 years, that is sort of considered the tipping point between what is acceptable and what we can handle as an environment and what we can't. So Kyoto was meant to tackle that. It sort of failed spectacularly. Then there were a couple of conferences after it, Copenhagen, Durban, etc. And all of them have kind of really fallen short, in part because the United States has not been able to get its shit together and commit to anything. And in part because there's a lot of discord and, and, and disagreement over how we should tackle climate change. So I want to talk about this a little bit um, in depth, but my first question, I guess, to you guys is just, what do you know about this? What have you been hearing about it? And how do you think, based off of what you have been hearing, how do you think it's going to go? I'll be perfectly honest and say I haven't heard a whole lot about it. I feel like listening to you talk about it just now is the first time that I've heard somebody take five fucking minutes to talk about it. And it's, it's not the thing is it's not a sexy story so that's why nobody cares no but i know and and it should be because here's the thing is that is that and this is this is confirmed science this is international agreement okay even every country agrees that two degrees celsius we can't let the climate tip past that point um and by the way i want to explain very quickly what that even means a lot of people here two degrees and they think well that's not very much why are we so concerned over two degrees that is two degrees celsius average for the entire globe so what that means is that some parts of the globe are going to increase by 20 degrees 30 degrees but other parts of the globe will actually get colder um and so that's why it's called climate change and not global warming anymore because it really impacts different parts of the globe differently. So 2 degrees Celsius really isn't that much, but that is on average. Some parts of the globe will 
are projected to increase by 10, 20 degrees, which is pretty fucking astronomical. Um, If you're talking, for instance, about the Serengeti Desert, humans can't afford for it to get like 130. (laughs) And if you're talking about the Arctic, we can't afford for that to get hot either. Uh, So that I want to explain the science behind that a little bit. But I wish this were a sexy story because we haven't had we've not we've failed spectacularly with getting global international commitments on the table and this is really our last shot for a while i mean it's yeah. usually at least bare minimum at least 5 years between these conferences more often than not it's more like 10 we don't have that long to get our fucking shit together i mean we needed to start this shit like yesterday so um i don't know i wish it were getting more coverage I know, yeah. me too. It sounds like next time they have this, they're going to need to bring their snorkels because uh, shit's going to be underwater. People, like, people, people are only interested in names with random combinations of letters and numbers if it's Star Wars related. So they probably saw COP21 and said, oh my god, C3PO has a new girlfriend. <laughs> and then they found out it was some boring climate talks and they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I, 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 I will say... Something that I hear from Republicans a lot is that why are we so invested in taking care of the environment here in America when other areas of the world really need to get their shit together? It needs to be a group effort. And that's how they kind of shrug off the environmental issues. Um, Here's a perfect example of the world coming together to figure some stuff out. I think maybe people would actually take these types of discussions seriously if we know that change is going to come out of it all i mean can we get excited about this if they're all meeting and and nothing really good comes of it i don't think so i mean i don't know the point that i would raise to those um who are opposed to the u.s doing anything because of what the rest of the world is doing uh that's never stopped us before guys We very rarely give a fuck about what the rest of the world is doing. So that shouldn't be an excuse now. And quite frankly, we're the worst. Yeah. We're the worst about this. We're making the problem so much worse than it would be. If we weren't here, this would probably be much less of an issue. Why? I I never really understood why uh, the whole argument about global warming being like, well, what about the terror? What about terrorists? What about ISIS? There are more important things. Like, can't we focus on more than one thing? Why why do we have to, why do we have to direct our attention to one thing, which happens to be the thing that I want to talk about more? Yeah, it is weird. Well, and I think also they're kind of trying to um, mask this issue as not being an immediate threat. And what so many people don't understand is that it kind of is. Like Elisa was saying, we don't have another five or ten years yeah. to try and get our shit together. We we haven't had it. I mean, we're there are some scientists who think we're already doomed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Might as well stop trying because it's over. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, we and and the thing is, is that I personally don't think that don't think that we are. I think if we don't get our shit together very soon. I think that we will be, but I don't think we're past that. We're past that point yet. Again, it's an average. We can't surpass two degrees Celsius in warming for until Mm -hmm. 2100. That's, that's sort of the goals. We need to keep it there and keep it level and then slowly reduce. But I want to, 
Andrew, the point that you brought up is actually one of like the key conversation points happening. The issue of like, you know, the United States, like, why do we have to do something? And, you know, the rest of the world is emitting greenhouse gases left and right, too. That's true. And that's actually something that, again, that's a huge point of contention right now. So there's a sort of there's a split in the climate change conference between the North and South or the developed and the developing countries. The developed countries like the United States, Germany, Japan, Britain, we're really the ones historically who have put this shit all into the atmosphere in the first fucking place. So historically, we we take the cake. Um, that being said, developing countries are really sneaking up on us. Within the next 20 years, developing countries will be emitting collectively just as much as first world countries are emitting collectively. So they're quickly catching up. China right now emits more than any other country, including us. They account for 26.4% of world emissions of carbon. Uh, the United States, for comparison only, quote unquote, accounts for 17.7% of world emissions. So China beats us. We're in second place. Until you look at that on a per capita basis, so a per person basis, China, on average, their people emit 6.3 tons of carbon every year. We emit 18 tons per person. So the reason that China comes in first place, frankly, is because they have so much, so many more people. But if you look at who is polluting the most on a person by person basis, we're still number one. We did it, guys. We're number one. We're <laughs> number one. Number one in education? No. Number one in pollution. Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, well, those are very interesting numbers. And uh, the people who say that the environment issues in the other parts of the world are a bigger concern, uh, they probably won't want to hear those facts, Elisa. No, of course not. And so just to, to bring this to fruition to where this is going to go, really, there's only one question. Is this conference going to conclude with binding commitments or is it going to conclude with a system called pledge and review? So basically, are we going to tell countries, hey, you you do what you want. You do you. You know what I mean? You do you. And you just tell us what you want to do and we'll just sign off on it and it'll be all good. And it's voluntary and we're all happy. One big happy family. Or are we going to actually implement an international system um, of enforcement where we tell where we being the conference, the conference tells countries, no jackass, you don't get to decide that shit's over. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Japan, you're doing this. U.S., you're doing this and sign on the dotted line. So is it going to be very flexible, basically, um, or is it going to be binding? That's the rub. We'll see what happens. But mm -hmm. yeah. Like I said, I would I would like to see some real decisions and and interesting thoughts come out of this for there to catch people's attention. Okay, so let's move on now to this is kind of a new segment since we're here in December. It's the end of the year. We're all reflecting on the year that was. Of course, this was Millennials' big year. Debut this was year. our biggest year so far. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> And so over the next few weeks, we're going to play a little game, favorite 
blank of the year. <laughs> That's the name of the game. Just kidding. So this week's subject, what is each of our favorite internet controversies mm. of the year? <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot to think about here. Elisa? There is, yeah. You know, the first thing that came to mind for me, though, maybe because we were just talking about it a few weeks ago, I think of Anonymous. I think Anonymous has had a huge impact both online and offline. But when I think of internet controversies, I think of the shit that they've stirred up because they've really started quite the mm -hmm. nuanced conversation between what is acceptable uh, and what isn't. You know, what is considered hacking and what is considered activism. Uh, it's been actually one of the most interesting conversations to have. So I think that's probably my favorite just for the dialogue that it's generated. Mm -hmm. Mine. Oh, no, you guys, you guys go first. Laura? Okay. I have to say <clears throat> my favorite and also what I think was probably the biggest controversy of the year, not just on the internet, but in general. In was... the world. In the world, basically. It's something that divided our panel. It divided my family. It was just, it was a really traumatic night. Uh, the dress. Yes. Do you guys yep. remember the dress? I I I, got, I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Laura. Never like, forget. We can only choose it once, but this was <laughs> definitely never forget <laughs> this. This broke the internet. This was when the world was divided. Was yeah, that night? For people who might not remember, that there's this picture of this. To be quite honest, really ugly dress that this girl took in a fitting room, and depending on how you perceived the picture, how your brain saw it, you either thought that the picture was oversaturated like it was taken with a flash or you thought it was in shadow mm -hmm. and i believe if you thought that it was in shadow you saw it as white and gold if you thought it was oversaturated you saw it as blue and black and i can tell you all of us were sitting down i sent this to you guys and i was like what color is this dress because i saw it as white and gold yeah. and then elisa replies black and blue and i was like <laughs> what Mm -hmm. But how? It broke BuzzFeed too. That's where this yeah. whole this whole viral thing originated, and it's just yeah. incredible. Really, the internet kind of just paused for a, a couple hours too. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was so crazy. I remember when I started to see it turn from white and gold to blue and black. And no, that was the freakiest moment of my life. Yeah, we all remember where we were when we first <laughs> looked at the dress. <laughs> Funniest, well, it's not funny, but Elisa, like the three of us at first saw white and gold and Elisa was the only one who saw blue and black and she was like legitimately freaking out. I was really concerned for my health. Like I actually started like making doctor's appointments because everybody was seeing, everybody was seeing white and gold and I thought I was stroking out. So I was fucking flipped. And then but I, you know what? I, I stayed the course. Mission accomplished. Because in the fucking end, mm -hmm. guess who was right? Yeah. I was so upset by this. The Laura, I think, almost cut me because we were arguing about it all night. <laughs> and, like, I would just like joke around and text her and be like, blue and black. And she'd be like, bitch. And I, no, I literally you. replied to you at one point and said, bitch, I will fucking cut you. Oh my I was very upset. It's you so did. funny. Uh, even now, like I'm looking at it, and it like fluctuates between like it is. It, uh, it takes me no, to a dark the mind. It doesn't. It does. Fluctuate. It 
it fluctuates for me All too. Right, like guys, when I first guys, see it, guys, we had this debate. Let's not. No, it. we're not done. <laughs> we are not debating. We're not this done again. with this. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> we're all fascinated. By Opening it. old wounds. Matt, what's your favorite internet um, controversy? Well, besides the dress, I will have to say one of my favorites was the Rachel Dolezal uh, controversy. Uh, the um, she's the uh, civil rights activist who was outed by her parents for being a Caucasian white woman, but she's, she's been identifying herself as black. And I, I just, I, I loved the, the reaction on the internet and the, the SNL memes and everything. It was, it was a fun time. It, 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 it was a simpler time before her shit got really real this year. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, this, this woman obviously has some issues in my opinion. Um, I I didn't like that she was lying. I don't like that she was uh this head of the NAACP while pretending to be black when she wasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. if we take the the race card out of it, she's just lying. And for an important issue here. So, yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree that it's I don't I don't quite understand why why she would feel the need to lie about her you know, about her race and how that sort of aligns or doesn't align with how she identifies. She actually did go on a show um, a little bit later and actually admitted she was like, yes, I am biologically white, but I identify as black. And I still I'll say I still don't quite understand it. Um, But I do know that the NAACP did stand behind her because Mm -hmm. she had done a lot of really great work. And I also am capable of recognizing that, you know, being black is not something that you can take off. So the fact that she can makes this a really tough pill Mm. to swallow. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think there's I think there's more gray here than people wanted to see initially. It's not like the dress. (laughs) Correct. Which is just blue and black. There's no gray in it either. Mm -hmm. So, um, my favorite internet controversy this year is kind of a general topic. It's fake internet controversies. They're all my favorite internet controversy. And by this, I mean things like the Starbucks Red Cup, which we spoke about a couple weeks ago. Of course, everybody forgot about that once the horrible attacks in Paris happened. Uh, but then this week, there was supposed outrage about Reese's Peanut Butter Christmas Trees Cups. It turns out they don't look like Christmas trees. They look like little pieces of poop. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I, I just want to make a PSA right now. There are so many internet quote-unquote controversies that we see every year, but this year especially. Just ignore them. Read them and make a decision for yourself. Is there actually a controversy here or is there not? In the case of these Especially the Starbucks Red Cup, because we know everybody was aware of that. That was bullshit. It, there was there was not some conservative movement no. to to save mm-hmm. Christmas. What happens is sites will pick up. You you can find people bitching about anything you want on the internet. I could go on Twitter right now and search for "I hate J.K. Rowling," and I could find a million different tweets about it. And turn that into an article on Hypable and say, oh, my God, everybody hates J.K. Rowling. And guess what? People will probably click on it because 
there's some shock value there. It's the same thing with this and these other controversies, quote unquote, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And I hate it. So the next time you see an article that starts with people are freaking out that dot, 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 don't click it. You're just making the issue worse, unfortunately. Okay. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, Dad. Although I won't. Okay. If, Reese's, if real poop tasted half as good as Reese's, I would eat it anyway. <laughs> so whatever. All right, it's time now for surprise, bitch. It uh, we skipped it last week, so I know everybody's anxious for a phone call this week. All right, so this is Michelle. Here we go. She's from the United States. Whatever that is. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you guys called back. I thought you were telemarketers <laughs> because they keep calling me. I have numbers from all over the country trying to call me, and I have about 20 of them on do not answer. You're, you're very popular, it sounds like. So where, where, no, are, where are you tonight? I'm in Chicago. Well, I'm in a suburb of Chicago. Mm, okay. I was actually listening to your show earlier today because I listen to you guys at work, which it's kind of sad because I try to put it off just because I don't want to like ruin what, like listening to you guys. I kind of, I try to, you know, just wait until I can so I have a couple episodes to binge watch or listen to. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, we have a couple of questions for you. First of all, we were just talking about our favorite internet controversies of the year. Do, do you have one particular internet controversy that you will always associate with 2015? Um, I don't, when was that dress thing? Yes. Was that this year? Nope, that's <laughs> yes, that was mine. That's the winner. Oh my God. I, I can't, I, Who my are you? two roommates. Which, my, which group did you I, call I'm blue and black. Oh. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> and my two roommates, they always said it was golden, yeah, white or whatever, and I, I couldn't see it. I, I, <laughs> I took a picture of my phone to show them what I was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's totally blue and black, friends. Can't you see it? Yes. So. Yeah, I, I can't go back to this topic anymore. <laughs> it hurts too much. <laughs> Michelle, did you do any Black Friday shopping or... Any Thanksgiving I horror did. stories? I did. Yeah. I went on, well, Thanksgiving, we went to my mom's family on the way back. I kind of conned into going to the Limited to buy me some work clothes. Hey. <laughs> oh, my God. The Limited still exists? Off. Yes, it still yeah, exists. Yeah. Everything, everything in my closet is from there. Wow. <laughs> it's so bad. But they have such good discounts, and I got my first credit card with them. Oh, got a little <laughs> discount when you signed up for that credit card, I bet develop some credit oh, it was perfect yeah my sister shops there too actually she's a teacher and those clothes are like the perfect yeah maybe they're just not on the west coast anymore because like that's i associate the limited with like the 90s and the late 80s oh really yeah so matt's calling you out of style michelle i hope you uh, appreciate that i'm not calling her out of style i'm saying it's um, I, I miss it like did the, does the limited even sell men's clothes no not that that's stopped no. me before but hey cool so no, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of blazers. Like, they have really cute blazers now that are different colors. I have a mint green one. I'm Ooh. getting a red one in the mail. Mm -hmm. Hey, did you, uh, did you see Mockingjay Part 2? I have not. I've, I've, 
I don't know. I think I kind of just fell off the bandwagon after the second one. I really, like, mm. I loved the books. I read them all. I cried at the end, like, same thing with Harry Potter, but I cried at the end, and I just, I don't know. I guess maybe it just took too long for them to make the movies, and it kind of just mm-hmm. doesn't, it, I, I wish I would have had them sooner. Also, listening to Matt saying when he said that, you know, when they split it into two, he was kind of upset and ashamed at them for doing that. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. They're just yeah. jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, it's also, there's so much to watch, too. So it's so easy to fall behind on so many things. So it makes I'm such a TV person. I, mm-hmm. everything TV, like, I just, everything. What <laughs> are you into right now? Are you watching anything good? Um, Actually, right now I'm watching Grandfathered because I love John Stamos. Nice. Um, I just finished up Sense Eight. That was great. Amazing. Love that. Amazing. Like new seasons. New I seasons picked up. I can't believe it ended though. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just, oh, I'm on the edge. Like that was not a terrible ending, but I wanted more. I just, <laughs> I couldn't believe that that's how they ended mm-hmm. it. Have but, you watched? Um, yeah. Have you watched Master of None? No, what's that? Oh, it's Master the of None. Yes, yes. I've been Zara, watching yeah. that. Oh my it's god, so, so good. good. Yeah, I actually just finished the series today. I watched the finale. It's so good. I just have to say, the first five minutes of that show are, like, too real. <laughs> too real for comfort. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Like, the opening so of the second funny. episode with the parents. It's it, it. Every person relates to that. I feel bad. I actually called my yeah. parents after that. <laughs> oh, well, I... Um, so I just go downstairs and say hi. <laughs> well, Michelle, thank just, you so much for your support, and uh, stay there, stay warm there in Chicago this winter. I'm sure it's starting to get cold uh, now. A little bit, a little bit, but uh, I'm so glad you guys called back. I, I literally, I died for your show. Oh, well, thank Aww. you so much. We really thank appreciate you so much. <laughs> and uh, okay. Thank you again. Thanks, Bye. Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have a have good a holiday, time, everyone. Yeah, you, you too. too. Bye. 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 Okay. We're, I take back what I said. We're going to have her back. <laughs> I liked her. Yeah. She's I like really a lot. I mean, all of it always surprises me on how it surprises me <laughs> that our listeners are normal. Because, like, I can't help but think that anyone who listens to us has to be fucking crazy. I, I want our listeners to start picking up all unknown numbers and just saying surprise bitch on the off chance that it's us oh my god so that's and it's a great way to get rid of the telemarketers they're not gonna yeah. call you again that's true that's that's true. That is, that is a good strategy <laughs> i'm gonna start doing that to wrap up the show today we have some confessionals these are from listeners this time this is these are not from us so uh let's get started Somebody right. else should read the first. Oh uh, yeah, I'll I'll read them. Okay, so are we reading all of them? By the way, guys, you're reading one for now. Okay. Uh, I okay. The first one, I had sex in Andrew's bed in Vegas while he was out gambling. <laughs> this narrows it down to how yeah, many? Yeah, hi Mason. Yeah, like three people. I I I, or somebody's pranking us. But I mean, good for you. That's fine. It's a hotel room bed. You do what you want on it. I mean, as long as there's no jizz on the pillow and I'm resting my head on that jizz-stained pillow at night, that's fine. That's probably I mean, exactly okay. what How happened. different would that be from any other night, though? <laughs> <laughs> I have... <laughs> there goes a really gross story I can probably never tell on this show. It involves, well, shit, Andrew. <laughs> it well, involves my dog and a cum stain. 
What? All right, okay. so moving on. Oh. I know how that one is. No. Oh. Oh my god. Nightmare. Guys, guys, I quit. I'm that just I'm done. I think Ratchet yeah, I think shit think there, Andrew. You got to end it. That's so, it. So, next confessional. Oh, this is from my dog. I once licked a cum's no. Next confessional. I discovered last weekend that sometimes I bite in my sleep. Does that mean what? like bite what another exactly? person? I, I want to know it? how you found out. I wonder if that is related to like grinding your teeth while you sleep. That's what I was thinking. Like because then like that's why people have mouth guards when they sleep. Mm-hmm. And and you can come clean with that, by the way. You can share your name and you can come out to the world. Oh, God, with enough secret. of the coming, Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one says, I feel torn between my family and my boyfriend's family. I think if I had to choose, I would choose his family over mine. This makes me very sad, but I know it's the truth. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a that's a real part of life. You yeah. you you go through life meeting new people, and if you become fall in a relationship with somebody, and they may not have a good family, and that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it also kind of uh, just to help with try, trying to play devil's advocate with that. It it you really have a choice. Like you you kind of have a choice within like whether you like that family or not. Like you're not obligated to be part of that family. So, like, you have kind of, like, a third-party opinion about them. So, you can like them, and you subconsciously know that you have another family anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're married to somebody, let's say, mm-hmm. um, then I you kind of are, you don't really have a choice with that family. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to break up with this person anyway. Fuck these guys. No, but I yeah. think what this person is saying is that they prefer the boyfriend's family over their own. Yeah. So yeah. That's a little that's that's different. That's awkward. But I mean, I think it happens. You know, some you don't get to choose your family and sometimes, yeah. you know, it's a confession. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't I I mm. kind of feel weird bringing this up, but I Oh, is it hitting too close to home, Andrew? Yes, I prefer my boyfriend's yeah. family over Just my, like that comes no, saying. No, I mean, my boyfriend Mike's has ha, Mike has told me on numerous ca- occasions, and I guess he's not kidding, is that that he likes my family better. Oh, <laughs> that is so. And I won't go into the details of his family, Aww, but I can so understand sad. why he would say that. It's not necessarily sad. It's just also, we can't call his family for surprise, bitch. Now, no. What are they? Patreon awkward. supporters? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. Never mind. Never They're the know. cooler family. And I'll say, too, that sometimes there's a difference between like and love. I think just because mm-hmm. you get along with someone else's family on a personal social level better doesn't necessarily mean that you love them more. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I can get along with someone else personally. We can have a great time together, but doesn't mean I necessarily love them more than my mother. So there's there's a there's a distinction to be had. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Yeah. Final confessional. I worry sometimes that I'm going to turn into a conservative. Most of my friends and family are pretty middle of the road and identify as Democrat or Republican, but don't have too many actual differences when they compare policies. And I've always voted for or campaigned for Democratic candidates. However, in the last year or so, I found myself increasingly turned off by movements seemingly supported by the left. 
from the occasional derailment of the Black Lives Matter movement to the sickening censorship pushed by college students who want trigger warnings to the hate I've seen pushed by trans activists in real life and online. I've always prided myself on being able to communicate across ideologies, but millennial liberal liberalism seems bound to extremes and scares the shit out of me in the same way Donald Trump does. I'm worried I'm becoming a bigot out of frustration with marginalized extremists, and I'm even more concerned about what our nation will look like when our generation has control. Oh, man. Elisa, did you write this? I feel like I could have written, I mean, I'm not worried about becoming a a bigot, but uh, the rest of it in terms of being concerned about millennial liberalism, this was like straight out of my brain. Whoever you are, you should write me and we should be friends because this, I kind of feel the same way sometimes and it concerns me as well. Like um, some examples that, that, first of all, I should say, I very much support the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not one of those all lives matter people um i i do get black lives matter i I agree with it and there i do consider myself to be pretty socially liberal but i draw the line and i think that a lot of the other millennials that i associate with and know don't know how to do that so for example um the university of ottawa recently banned yoga classes on their campus because they thought that it was offensive to that culture and they thought it was cultural appropriation to practice yoga. Um, William and Mary university of Missouri and university of Virginia are all right now up in arms over the Thomas Jefferson statues on their campus because they think that he owns slaves and therefore there should be no memorabilia to him anywhere ever because he was a slave owner. Um, and so they think that it's, racist to have statues of him up anywhere to consider him even an important figure um uh so another example in my own personal life uh there's diversity and inclusion uh groups all over my campus both grad and undergraduate and there's been movements there people signing petitions that have thousands of signatures where diversity and inclusion groups exclude conservatives conservative Republicans. And they're saying that if you're a white male, you're allowed to show up and listen, but not speak. These are thousands of signatures. Okay. This isn't one or two people. These are all examples of what I consider, what I see like liberalism becoming. And it does scare me. I consider myself a liberal by like 2015 standards, but I worry that it is progressing way too far. And I get kind of scared too. And I think, um, not to like bring up any specific examples, um, but this is something that we've seen on this show too. I would say we probably get one email per episode from somebody who has been mortally offended by something that we've said or a word choice that we've made. And I I am concerned about all of this... um, speech policing that's happening. I think it's one, you know, you sh- you're you definitely allowed to call people out when they say things that are wrong. And we've certainly been called out in areas where we were wrong. And I'm glad for that. But sometimes it seems like people are just looking for a reason to be offended. Right? So right. it's like they'll have that that buzzword, you know, and they hear it and then they they turn off completely. They stop listening to anything else that you're saying because anything else you're saying doesn't matter because you said the word. 
Exactly. Right. And it doesn't matter what the person does in their personal life. It doesn't matter if they're a huge proponent of, let's say, transgender rights or Black Lives Matter. It doesn't matter if they were part of the protest or whatever. If they said that one word, then it sort of whitewashes any other good deed that they've done. And now they're just a racist and now they're just a bigot. And I think... I just think that that's wrong. Anyway, I could talk about this all day. I think I'm going to make my blog post about it. Um, yeah. Basically, like, TLDR, context is king. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I th- well, I think before we, we end, I, um, I also want to put out that it's also sometimes, you know, very easy to, it, it, it's, it's very, it's very enticing to try to be at the head of a movement. So I think that's, where where we get a lot of people who kind of jump out and try to do be at the front run of like a, a new right movement or something else that's either politically correct or trying to uh, protect something that used to be uh, the norm but is offensive now. And I think a lot of people are just waiting or excited about to 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 claim something to be at the, the beginning of of a movement. Yeah, that could be a factor too. All right, so we are going to wrap up the show today on After Dark. By the way, we have some WTF news stories, and we are also going to play two, oh, two new games. Mm-hmm. And I have a recommendation that really upset me. But first, <laughs> a couple <laughs> reminders about our podcast, MillennialShow.com, all the links and information you need for this show, and do... Even if, uh, you know, you're still on the fence about the Patreon, uh, still considering supporting us, maybe you haven't checked it out yet. Now's a great time to go to patreon.com slash millennial, see the new design of the Patreon page. You can see how much cleaner it is now, how it's no longer 90s looking. And uh, don't forget the app. Just go to the iOS app store and search for Patreon. And if you don't have a device that works with the app then just go to the website on your phone it looks just as good right there thanks everybody for listening we'll be back next week with episode 44 i'm andrew i'm elisa i'm laura and i'm matt goodbye bye bye Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up.